very good afternoon once again and thank you for connecting with us and uh, that is uh, Horace Brown things we do for love someone coined a phrase that uh, you fall in love and anything that falls uh, breaks and I hope that's not you and uh, welcome as we begin our conversation our first conversation on Lifetime Live with me Chris Alda uh, we're looking at uh, have white people's voices uh, been silenced in the public and social discourse um, that it's so easy for people to just say you of all people don't know what it's like to or or you can't have a voice on this particular issue especially um, when it's uh, related to social issues and uh, we take your calls and right now uh, joining us is Terry Oakley Smith who is um, an educationist and MD and founder of Absolute. Good afternoon and welcome Terry. Good afternoon, Chris Elder. Thank you for the invitation. I'm sure a lot of white people would be surprised that uh, you're participating in this conversation because, uh, you know, when you educate about race issues, um, people get they tend to be one-sided uh, in, the, in how they mm. view your opinions. Yes, I remember an earlier conversation you and I had <laughs> yeah, yeah. when that, that issue happened. In fact, you know, Chris Elder, I, I'm afraid that I simply can't agree with Adam Habib. Um, I work, interestingly, across a number of universities with my company, which is called Diversity. Mm. Um, And we actually engage staff and in some of them students in dialogues about precisely these issues. You know, do we belong? Mm. Um, What is white privilege? And I find, actually, generally, that um, white people's voices tend to take up more airtime on these occasions than perhaps we could expect, given the fact that we make up 8%. I mean, in a way, I feel that we're a cultural majority within a demographic minority. I mean, even listening to the radio, listening to the public broadcaster, listening to the ENCA, um, watching television, one sees a very, very significant um, representation of white people and hears white voices. Mm. So while there may be some that feel, you know, they're too, too afraid to speak up, I think we still, you know, have a, have a significant voice. And it's an important voice. You know, some of these issues are uncomfortable, Criselda. You would know that. And why is that? Especially well, where there's truth to a story. Why is it so uncomfortable to, to, to bear? Well, I think, you know, um, when Adam Habib was talking, he was talking about people being silent because, because they feel guilt. And, I mean, I think if we really review our past, And if we are open to having honest dialogues about it, then yes, of course, guilt will be part of that. But the only way we can move beyond this and actually get to a stage where we're in a country where we all feel we belong is through having deeply uncomfortable but extremely necessary conversations with one another. And I found it difficult to understand, you know, in that book, you know, what, in, what are lecturers and staff and people doing at Ritz University? I mean, surely if you're, because he spoke specifically about the sociology department. I mean, surely sociology lecturers are in a position to facilitate the interaction of all of the people in their lectures. Um, and this idea that 
white voices are being drowned out. All I can say is it certainly isn't part of my experience across a number of universities, and certainly also in, in South African media, even on social media, Chris Elder. Mm, uh, because th- those would be the people who have access, um, and, and in, in access, uh, that, that then gives Precisely. you power. Precisely. I mean, if you think of the expense of data, for example, um, and airtime, I mean, the kind of voices we don't hear are voices, for example, of rural black people, of poor people. You know, white people seem to have, and do, we know that, have Mm. have the resources to make their voices heard. So I just can't agree with this notion that we're somehow being silenced. And also the, the, the idea that comes across in this book that the consciousness of whiteness translates into white guilt. Mm. We need to understand whiteness. We need to understand privilege. The fact that we are still privileged, Griselda, you yeah. know that, I know that. Yeah, yeah. And, and we have to be prepared to, it's uncomfortable, but let's talk about it. Let's uh, see but what I guess, that means. I guess we then need to intensify conversations around why is it so uncomfortable um, to even acknowledge that uh, privilege still does exist and that gives you a voice. Uh, let's pay the bills when we return, taking your calls on 0891-104-207. Do you feel that white people's voices have been silenced in the public discourse? And if not, um, tell us more uh, when we return after this. Call SAFM right now on 0891-104-207. All right, taking your calls right now on 0891-104-207. What's up, voice notes on 0614-104-107. And you can join the conversation on Twitter and Facebook at SAFM Radio. Hashtag SAFM Lifetime Live. SMSs. 40938 charged at 150 as we talk about uh, the silencing of uh, white people's voices and this is according to um, uh, Adam Habib and this is in his book uh, The Revolution, Suspended Revolution. Uh, do give us a call and uh, joining us on the line is Terry Oakley-Smith who is um, founder of Absolute and uh, she is an educationist as well. Mleje uh, in Pretoria good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. Absolute pleasure, sir. I, I actually agree that uh, white people's voices have been silenced in the public domain, especially when addressing the issues pertaining to social well-being and all that. Mm-hmm. So, for example, even where I work, when you start talking about the social issues at work, uh, white people will hardly ever comment. Uh, that is, uh, that in my view, that is caused by the fact that South Africa has been claimed by the entire Africa. The whole of Africa has claimed Africa I and mean, South Africa as their own. And as a result, white people may feel that when they say something, the entire Africa gangs upon them, you know. So it's difficult for them because white people, I, 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 I suggest, are, are not even able now to differentiate between who is a South African or who is a, a, not a South African, especially in the black uh, communities. Uh, South African people uh, are actually challenged with a lot of influx of the immigrants. For example, this morning there was a lot of debate concerning the, 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 the flooding of the hospitals by the foreign nationals. And uh, I, I did not hear a single white person commenting on that. Uh, I think it's due to what I've just said, that 
the entire Africa just gang upon them because Africa as a whole has claimed South Africa as their own. Because I think our country or our government has not been able to be able to define what it, what is a South African, what it means to be a South African as a, as a citizen. So a guy from Nigeria, Zimbabwe, wherever, they feel that they are also entitled to being a South African. So I think that is not right. And that is what is silencing the white people. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much for that contribution. Terry, is it perhaps a lack of sense of identity? No, that was such an interesting call from mm. from your previous caller. Um, I, I, and I think that um, what he says, you know, w- w- is really food for thought. Um, but what he said was that white people at his place of work will hardly ever comment if it's a, a sort of a social type of issue. But that's and, and that's their choice. And then he places I, I the responsibility the towards government. Silent. Sorry, Christopher. Uh, and then he places the responsibility towards government, having to define yes, who's South African <laughs> and who's not. Yes. Well, you see, I think it's because um, in many workplaces there's now an overrepresentation of foreign nationals, and I understand that, and I, I get what, what he's saying there. But I, but I still think that, you know, we need to have these difficult and uncomfortable conversations in order to develop an identity as South Africans, recognizing as white South Africans that we are very much a minority. Mm. You know, I often hear in these dialogues, Griselda, white people saying, oh, no, but I'm African. I'm third generation here. My great-great-grandparents were here and, you know, I was born here. But, but I think the issue that one needs to look at is, you know, it's not just about birthright. It's also about, you know, do you live as African? Mm. You know, it, it, what, are you, what do you do in your life daily that is particularly African? And I think these are particularly the things we need to be talking about in order to develop this identity as a South African. South African, which currently is is absent and that I suppose we're struggling towards. And this very much borders on the discomfort on on something that is is truth. Why is truth so Mm -hmm. burdensome? I know. And you know, the funny thing is, Kriselda, when people begin to speak the truth, they feel a huge sense of relief. Mm. And I've also only seen um, black people being African people, particularly, being being so prepared to be open. I mean, if you think of what happened even with the Truth Commission, how, how black people tried to extend a hand, and we didn't take it. Mm. There's been no reconciliation. We're in our little bubbles, um, complaining that our voices are silenced even when they're not. I mean, I think, you know, that there's a huge amount of work to do around Mm. people being unafraid to speak the truth. What you say is very powerful, Griselda. Let's uh, go to some of the messages, some of the SMSs that have been sent. Meg from Pumalanga saying, uh, we've been silenced and uh, love it, uh, but we are sitting back enjoying uh, the show from the front seat. Keep it up. (laughs) And you are looking good. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's uh, super sarcastic, but yeah, thanks, Matt. We appreciate <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Kidiboni says, uh, "Porch, whites are silenced uh, due to not dealing with the whole country's mm-hmm. race issues, and that that's a problem." And uh, last message: uh, White people are generally uh, recessive, uh, meaning that uh, they are the weakest race. Uh, all resources in the world are, are geared towards their uh, dominance, regardless of uh, geolocation. Hmm. All right. Um, so, so there's no way that uh, they'll ever be silenced unless, of course, we rise as a global black race. And that's from Amawa in the Eastern Cape. Interesting. Very interesting. And I, and I think Katie Bonnie um, really, um, when she says that, you know, white people are not dealing with these issues, mm. you know, instead, as opposed to us being silenced, we are retreating into our lagers, if I can use that expression, sure. and are not having the truthful, important conversations that we need to be having. Mm. Um, I think that's the truth. All right, uh, let's, We're afraid. We are afraid. And uh, sometimes when you just mm. try and unpack what is the fear uh, and, and where does it stem from? Most of us don't have answers, do we? All right, let's take a news break. Uh, we'll be right back. And right now, uh, we go straight to Udzile Saku with the news headlines. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 106.1 FM in Durban North. All right, question we asking, have white people's voices uh, being silenced uh, uh, in the public or social discourse? And that's the question we asking. And uh, joining us on the line is Terry Oakley-Smith. And uh, we invite you to join us as well on 891 uh, Desiree joining us from Hermanus. Uh, good afternoon. how are you? Wonderful. How are you, Desiree? No, I'm very well. Um, uh, this is the first time that I'm actually getting through to SAFM. I've been listening to your show as in every day. And uh, yeah, your topic is very interesting this afternoon Thank about uh, the white people don't have a voice. I'm living here in Hermanus for, for some time now. And uh, I think they've got more voice than we as black people. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you we actually must feel privileged as a black person here in Hermanus to be in the white space, you know, that that type of feeling. So um, if my my view is that if somebody white telling me that he's got no more space to speak about, then I think that is very, very wrong. I think they've got more space than all of us here in South Africa. And uh, also regarding the foreign nationals coming to South Africa and... and, uh, taking up the space. Well, I think they were the people that coming to take up our space here in in, 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 in South Africa, in Africa at large. So um yeah thank you. This is my my contribution. Thank, thank you, you very, very much. much. Uh, thank you, Desiree. Uh, most welcome. Thank you. You can do the same. Uh, what's our voice note on O six one four one oh four one oh seven. Hi Kosalda. I think as far as white people not comparing, uh, not commenting is because everything seems to be turned to racialism and I believe that every person upon this earth is, got, is a racialist, got some thought or something in racialism but in different percentages 
Some of them think it, some of them act it, and some of them overact it. So <clears throat> we are all racist. We need to work together to overcome those that are extremely racist. Thank you. Right. We have to overcome those who are extremely racist. And I fully agree uh, with that statement. Question, comment for my guest, Terry Oakley-Smith, as we talk about whether uh, this is a question, whether white people's voices have been silenced in the public discourse. And what we've been receiving from uh, from you is uh, is that definitely not. Let's go to Joe in Bumalanga. Good afternoon. Hello. How are you? Good. Thank you, Joe. Bye-bye. I think uh, this thing of saying that white people are silent is not true. White people are not silent. The white people are benefiting through our democracy. If we change apartheid, they were deprived of international athletics, they were deprived of uh, international uh, business. After we got the democracy, white people are benefiting a lot. Uh, in terms of sports, in terms of economy, uh, that's why they are so silent. Thank you, and sir. And now we as a black people now who are under democracy, nothing is we are doing. That's why now they keep fighting. They cannot tell you the truth, why they keep fighting. Thank you, Joe. Uh, and and hopefully we'll hear from uh, white people themselves uh, telling us whether they feel um, that their voices are silenced, uh, especially in matters uh, regarding to social discourse. Let's go to Hugh in Deben. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Hugh. I used to be a regular, regular caller on SIFM. Uh, not so much now, even now I'm retired. But I think a lot of um, people are hesitant to find through and voice and opinion, especially on social issues because of the race question, um, can be turned around very easily. And I mean, I think just an example recently was the case of a school teacher who locked a young kid in a mm. vault and mm. left him there overnight. And there was hardly any follow-up that I saw. And I could just imagine if that teacher had have been a white person, you would have still been hearing about it. He would have been suspended perhaps a court case, and people are hesitant to voice opinions about that sort of thing, and maybe rightly so, because everything has changed now for the better, and um, one has to be careful what you say, and social media can be a a very big trap if you don't measure what you say. Hugh, just just as for interest's sake, um, did you see that uh, case of a a teacher who slept a learner? And, uh, you know, learners just came together in saying our teacher is not racist. We stand together. Uh, Could it be that people are just not comfortable uh, in in dealing with issues that reflect back on their beliefs? Yeah, no, I think um, I agree with you there. I, I saw that video where they all supported her and, and personally I, I believe the teacher was probably set up because somebody had a phone it was a spontaneous thing and um, that teacher you could see was well loved and I also suspect the same sort of thing happened where that unfortunate picture was taken and misinterpreted at that school were separated I saw the interview from that teacher and she's obviously a dedicated and a wonderful teacher and that's gone completely dead because I think it was blown up and a lot of people, white people perhaps are hesitant to to voice an opinion because it's easy to call someone a racist over an opinion 
you know, and and mm. um, I think we need to talk about this more. Um, there are hundreds of thousands. I, I look at some of the cricket matches being shown on on the radio television and, and the people, the races are all together. I've got grandkids that go to a school, a mixed school. I go and pick them up sometimes. Mm. There's a whole different world out there. If people it is just a want different world. Look at it. It is a different world altogether, and sometimes it requires a different set of eyes um, to, to, to view it. Uh, thank you, Hugh. Thank you very much for your call. And uh, Celia in Deben, good afternoon. You know what I mean. Thank you, Chris. All the interesting topic. Thank you. All right. Good afternoon, Celia, and welcome. All right, it seems like we've lost uh, Celia from Deben, uh, but we have uh, two WhatsApp voice notes and uh, last uh, for this session, and let's uh, take a listen. Hi, Crisaldo, Dr. KG here. Uh, I think uh, white people, they feel to some extent inferior because of the past. Now, if you to think about it from a logical perspective, if you were previously advantaged and people were previously disadvantaged and they're blaming you for the disadvantages, it means nothing unto social illness should be affecting you because the assumption is that you were previously advantaged. And I also think that the fact that there's still a lot of inequality also brings about that thinking to say, uh, 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 white people have always had a step ahead, although it's not all of them. But in a country like South Africa, where black people are the majority and the whites are the minority, but the wild is still being captured by the white minority. So it will always be like that until at least the justice justice is done and things are distributed equally. Thank you very much, Christina. SAFM. This is Derek from Mklanga, listening to most people phoning in and the guest on SAFM talking about whites are thinking like this and whites do this and whites think they're privileged or whatever, whatever. I just wait for the day when people stop generalizing and saying whites do this or blacks do this. This is how whites think. This is how blacks think. It shows an uneducated view because you can never, ever generalize about a race group. You always got exceptions within that race group. So... These generalizations need to stop. Indeed, generalization needs to stop. And unfortunately, when we don't have facts, um, yet have these social issues, uh, we need to begin the conversation, Terry. No, absolutely. And I thought there was some very interesting comments there. Absolutely. I thought Desiree's comment um, about living as a black person in Hermanus mm. was extremely apposite and on point. And also Joe's talking about the benefiting. I thought it was great that you phoned in and I hope you'll phone in again. Uh, and um, I hope he stays listening even, even yes. if he doesn't phone in. Yes, because um, the way he said everything has changed. Well, everything hasn't actually changed for us. We, we as whites still enjoy um, a, a certainly a beneficial lifestyle. The inequality that was raised by Dr. KG is, is very, very evident. Um, you know, I understand where Derek's coming from and that, you know, we can't keep generalizing. But, you know, in the, if we don't sit down and talk through these things and in, be unafraid to get to the truth and acknowledge our past, mm. we're going to be forever caught up in generalizations. 
we need to have these difficult discussions, such as we're having now, Griselda. Yeah. Um, and that hopefully will bring us... Uh, Terry, to- as, as you conclude this um, uh, topic, I'd like you to add Ramano Morgan's um, uh, views, uh, saying this lady must stop mocking white people. Their taxes also assist in people getting paid grants every month, helping NGOs, charities, and plenty more. Does she realize that she's talking about only 5 million people? Uh, maybe only 2 million of them are employed. It's not ANC money. It's taxpayers' money. <laughs> yeah. Well, we are. I mean, absolutely. We're only 8% of the population. And, and many of us are fortunate enough to have jobs so that we can pay tax. Unemployment about among white people is totally different from unemployment about among black people, mm. especially among white youth as opposed to black youth. So, you know, I think that the, the sort of anger and frustration that comes out of that kind of comment mm. um, just makes me feel even more that we these kind of conversations we must be unafraid to have. And then you have a Martin in Nelspreet who says, uh, if I'm getting your guess very well, I really agree with her. White people are not silenced. They are holding back on most important things uh, that could get South Africa mm. ahead. For example, we need our land back. And, and they're not willing to come out and discuss how land should be shared. And mm. they keep uh, talking food security, uh, but that is an understatement. For the rest of uh, the issues, I blame the ANC government. Uh, they're not uh, serious about change for black people. Sorry, I cannot say uh, better than your guest. Uh, thanks uh, for having her. And that's Martin in Elsbridge. I guess that's uh, the right point to leave the conversation. Thank you, Terry. Thank you very much uh, for joining Thank us. Thank you, Chris. Uh, maybe Great just pleasure. as a way forward, uh, where do we begin just having these conversations in a non-emotional yes. environment that just exactly. allows us um, expression so that we understand where each is coming from? You know, Kazara, um, and I think it's important that such discussions be facilitated. Um, we, as I said, my company, Diversity, are working in universities at the moment. And um, also we work with churches and other faith groups in communities. So I think if people reach out, there's always going to be somebody there to take a hand. And our, our website is www.diversity.co.za, and your producer has my number. Let's get talking, Griselda. That's uh, indeed, let's get talking. <laughs> and thank yes. you. Thank you very much uh, for joining us. That's uh, Terry Oakley-Smith, uh, former academic and educationist, continues to educate through her company. Uh, she founded Absolute, and that's where we end uh, this conversation.